got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. I just wanted to, to take the plunge. Um, I've always been a risk taker, but I've taken calculated risks. Um, uh, so to anyone listening who's possibly thinking of doing the same or something similar, it's useless living a life you're not comfortable uh, living when um, you can get to choose what you So in today's episode on the MedTech 101 podcast, I have an exciting guest, uh, Dylan. Uh, Dylan is the CEO and co-founder of MedTech World, which started about three years ago. But they really do exciting stuff, which we're going to be covering today. So without any further delays, um, welcome uh, to the MedTech 101 podcast. Thank you. Um, hi, Rodney. Hi, everyone. I'm very, very looking forward to, um, to our discussion. Let's get going. Yes, and yeah, definitely same here. Um, and just to just to get started, usually I always start the the episode on the podcast with just like a, uh, like a random question or a random uh, statement. And uh, I just wanted to talk about um, how we like got uh, you know uh, in contact, and uh, uh, because you know like for the podcast, I've been running some um, uh, some content for some for like. I don't know for the last eight months now since april and uh but getting to that point it, it had taken me six months to release the first episode because i was preparing for stuff and they decided to also create short form content you know from the um, uh, episodes that i do that i you know make them into one minute reels or short videos for tiktok and instagram and and then i released that on the instagram page as well and uh, like you, i think you came across some of my content on on Instagram, actually, um, it's funny because one of my mentors, he's like, because I, gen- I mean, I purely use LinkedIn to to hunt down people to make new connections. So, so that's my main kind of go-to platform. Um, but a mentor of mine was actually telling me, like, don't forget Instagram, um, don't forget other social media. You might be surprised um, the type of people um, you're going to ca- to come across with. And I, I found you on Instagram without looking. I mean, I wasn't searching for anything <laughs> in particular, to be honest. And when you look at my Instagram feed, it's either full of, pro- like, motivational posts, speaking blinder stuff, um, Formula One, Real Madrid. <laughs> so, but anyways, we're here now, so, so that's good. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to hear that because, um, like the whole point of, uh, uh, the approach on Instagram and TikTok was initially to reach, uh, like a, wider a, a, a much a wider, a wider audience and much younger people and as a way to also, you know, make them think about biomedical engineering when they go to university or, or, or something. But it, it and, uh, I, I was laughing uh, a couple of days ago thinking about how many people have learned about medtech. Uh, from like you know my Instagram page <laughs> or the TikTok content that I create, which is the last place most people would expect right. to learn about it. But uh, yeah, but uh, then you know going to where I really wanted to talk about uh, is like you know just starting with your story. I think it's really exciting because it's quite uh, unorthodox for people to move from like you went to medical school, like you did five years in at the University of Malta studying medicine. And then after that, you went, um, you, you did another master's, I think, in, in sort of like business or entrepreneurship. And then you went to Ireland uh, for nearly three years where you did, um, you know, um, like your... The postgraduate like surgery. Exactly, status in, exactly for, for medicine, which takes another three years. So in total, you've spent like uh, almost eight years at school studying medicine. <laughs> and 
And then, uh, but then you also have had this entrepreneurial journey because I was doing some research on you leading up to this podcast. And I saw that your, your entrepreneurial journey didn't start with MedTech World, but you had started working, you know, like in the past with uh, like sort of like a company called Digital Health Malta, which was maybe started in 2019. That was actually an, an NGO, to, to be honest. Um, but I did have other experiences working. I mean, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it was always like... Uh, a passion hobby of mine. Um, I don't regret going through medical school. The knowledge I've learned, I've learned, be it human anatomy, then doing surgery, which was even more exciting. Um, getting to do and participate and actively help in trauma surgeries, CPRs. Uh, I mean, a lot of adrenaline rush going on, which gave me a lot of skills actually, especially when it comes to the business world. Even when it comes to um, how you tackle a problem is very similar to how you take a, a history from a patient, starting with the presenting complaint, passes. I mean, there's a lot of um, similarities between the, between the industries. But I've always felt restricted working in surgery, working at hospital, tending to one patient at a time. Um, I remember when I came back from my post-graduation trip, um, I had gone to Cuba actually with my, with my friends. It was a 10-day holiday when I came back here. Um, and this was right after my final year exam. So it's quite a tradition here. You finish your final year exams, results come out in like two to three days after. And then we have like a very short 10-day break and everyone goes on holidays. And we had gone to Cuba, which is like across the Atlantic, um, quite quite a big trip. Anyways, we, we, I came back here. And the first thing on my mind was what I'm going to be doing next, apart from working as a doctor. And I remember I had come across a uh, master's <laughs> in knowledge-based entrepreneurship, which was taught by professors from, from Oxford University, actually. Um, sorry for that. Which was taught by professors from Oxford University. And that kind of helped open um uh, the the a whole new word form it's like you don't really need to rely on just one kind of avenue um and entrepreneurship is like uh, uh, it's a it's a, it's a passion of mine um uh, that's it i guess anyways i did i did medical school i did foundation training i went into surgery it was always a question of when i was going to stop at what stage um uh, and then i did the postgrad surgical exam uh, with the royal college of surgeons in ireland which was quite a tough exam because um, i wasn't just focused on surgery unfortunately i mean i had i was dipping my my fingers in, in all different startups be it digital health monitor which you were mentioning which was an ngo based locally aiming to based based in malta trying to raise awareness on digital health and medtech. Then eventually I had joined Tabib.mt, which was a local telemedicine platform. So I was never fully focused on on medicine, um, whilst having to carry out all the duties of a, a surgical trainee. Um, uh, but anyways, I got my postgrad surgical exam, which was quite a, a tough one to get, and I decided to take a break. Um, three years down the line, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm regretting what I did, even though I genuinely miss surgery, the whole buzz of it all, orthopedics, plastic surgery, which I used to love. Um, uh, but I mean, life is funny, I guess so. And I'm here. Nah, that's really good. I think that's, uh, something that makes you quite special is it because most people, uh, don't have that kind of, um, sort of like cross sectional skills because now you're working in meta. If you, it means that as a doctor, essentially because you're a qualified doctor or even a surgeon, which, you know, more than just a normal 
general doctor, but you you also like when you speak to these companies, you understand the technology of the circuit. This is the illness we're trying to prevent, and this is what we're trying to achieve. You've got that background knowledge uh, from the work you or from the studies you did. So that's quite interesting, actually, and um, and that's what made me feel so like uh, you know happy about uh, like you know met world like what you guys are doing because now the company. Um, is basically is like an, an outlet for medical device companies to come and showcase what they're working on, um, what the latest trends are in the markets. And, and it's been attracting quite a lot of attention, right? Because from the one you hosted a couple of weeks ago in Malta, um, there was like was it the deputy prime minister of Malta or the or the prime minister? We've of had most of the there? government representatives, be it the prime minister, deputy prime minister, which is quite a good thing to have actually. Minister for um, enterprises, minister for tourism. Everyone wanted to come um, and feel like what what the medtech industry is all about, which is a very relatively new industry. Um, and going back to your for, first point, actually about becoming a doctor, I. Um, and getting a, a little bit more insight into the, into the industry, it helps because when it comes to, for example, I also um, am part of a venture firm. I'm trying to possibly raise my own fund by the end of next year. So I'm receiving a lot of pitch decks, um, well, which I can either possibly try to push my own VC to, to, to invest in or else share with any of my, my, my networks of investors. Um, uh, but it, it goes on. I mean, when it comes to people pitching their products and they know that you're a doctor, have a medical background, especially with surgical medical devices, you know that their tone is changing, that they're not going to try and uh, and pave their way, their, their way through with whatever they're, they're saying. And something else to note, which is quite, I wouldn't say sad, um, uh, but sometimes I'm in calls. Um, people wouldn't know who I am. And when I get introduced as a doctor, when I'm, when I'm sharing my own kind of story and I'm like, I was into medicine, you, you, they'll be like either typing, either not, not really focusing on the conversation. Then you imagine you're a doctor, you'd see their eyes opening and they, they start focusing on you, which is, I mean, essentially sad because people should kind of respect anyone, be it whatever backgrounds they're coming <laughs> from. Um, but at least it goes on to show that at least there's some respect back to what I've done, what I've been through. Yes. I think because I think it's just the rigorous nature of, you know, trying to qualify as a, as a doctor, because essentially what you have to go through, uh, so many years, uh, so many hours. And, uh, and I think in the college you went to in Ireland is quite a well respected, uh, surgeon school as well. So that also adds a bit of, uh, uh, you know, um, in terms of like, you know, um, a rigor to your qualifications that you had to go through. So I think that's impressive. And, um, and that's, that's why I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, you know, to be, to be actually attending some of the, the, the concerts, you, well, not the concerts, but the conferences that you guys are going to be hosting next year. And, uh, the, and that's why I also joined as the, as like to be your, your brand ambassador <laughs> to help you through this podcast to, you know, to also spread uh, awareness, um, for this, um, uh, conference. And, and it's just amazing because from what I've had, it's like Malta is basically becoming like a little hub for medical technology, the amount of companies popping up there and everything. So I don't know if you could quickly tell us exactly what's 
attracting people to Malta, which is like, you know, essentially a small island in the Mediterranean. And But what's making it so special? It's not just our lovely island, I guess, or at least that's what I'd like to think. To, 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 to think. Um, but going back to the medtech world and our inception, I was always into digital, I was always into events. Um, so even throughout my medical school, I was the, the leisure officer, so I loved organizing events. I had been through medical school, I was a doctor, so I'm like, how could I come, how, how can I come combine um, everything. Um, uh, and that's when I had reached out to a local massive company which was organizing events across different industries, nothing related to healthcare. Um, I reached out to them. I kind of convinced um, uh, the company's founder, one of my best mentors, uh, Aman Police, to kind of invest in me and invest in my vision of growing a, a new conference brand, which is the, the, the MedTech World Summit. Um, this was like four years ago. It was still the pandemic. Actually, there no events were being done. Um, uh, <laughs> I was, I mean, and I tried to maximize his company's resources, be it marketing, logistics, and, and whatever, to grow our conference brand, um, a new conference brand, which is branded as the MedTech World Summit in partnership with the Maltese government and several different entities in their quest to to nurture a local medtech industry and Malta beyond being just a small island. I mean, it has loads of benefits. So first of all, this is not the first industry that Malta is trying to, to nurture right from the um, right, right, right from its inception. I mean, from the, I mean, we've done this across multiple industries, be it gaming, be it other technology industries, AI, and so on. So this is not a new model for Malta. And Malta needs to continue doing this across other industries, at tech, fintech, and whatever, because we can't rely on tourism, on just tourism for our economy to grow. We need foreign direct investment from companies to set up here. So this is one of the main reasons why the government and several entities, different governments throughout the, throughout the years, to be fair, it's not just one particular government um, lay down the red carpet to companies not just startups medium-sized companies bigger corporates to come to malta um, set up here hire people we're very much welcome um, to get workers from uh, skilled workers from abroad to come over to be able to teach the local cohort local students um, what these what these new industries are going to be requiring so that eventually malta can um, uh, continue um, nurturing and growing the, the relative industries. And currently, one of Malta's main focuses is on the medtech industry, which we're doing quite well. I mean, I remember when I started this out four years ago and I was speaking and reaching out to different government entities, they barely knew what medtech was or what digital health was. So the fact now that they're attending the conference, Prime Minister coming to speak, Deputy Prime Minister, Health Minister, Minister for Active Aging, I mean, they were all there. Um, and it goes on to show how Malta is essentially a small, a small island, but everyone is very much connected to each other. And this offers a significant um, benefit to anyone who's looking to benefit from Malta being um, an English-speaking country, because English is our native language, together with Maltese. Euros are currency, European Union, um, uh, and loads of other benefits. So, for example, if you're an implant production company and you're producing your implants in, uh, in other countries outside Europe, from Pakistan, Turkey to whatever. Malt offers the unique advantage of it being a European Union country. So we can produce your implants here, then ship them off to European to uh, any European country, UK, US, and wherever. So there's a lot of these of these different benefits which go on to 
um, uh, promote want as a very as a very competitive country to to be in. Um, above all, even I mean, when it comes to the different types of non-dilutive grants, loans being given by Malt Enterprise, which is the government's main foreign direct investment arm, as well as several tax incentives as well. Oh, nice. Uh, like, I've never been to Malta, actually. And we need to get you next, you know, for, for next year, we need to, to get you here for sure. Yes, definitely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to coming there next year. And uh, But before we talk about the summit that's going to happen next year, the summit that happened this year, like, was that the first major summit that's... Um... It, 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 it wasn't the first. No, I mean, we've been doing this for the past two years. Um, but this was obviously the biggest, not just in terms of the quantity of people, but in terms of the caliber. So this year, we purely focused the summit on uh, startups, investors, and then one is in between. So be it service providers, hospitals, clinics, insurances, and anyone else. Um, uh, and the conference is always a means to an end for us. So we're looking, obviously, to expand beyond being just an event um, in Malta or wherever, because um, don't forget that throughout the year, we go on a roadshow. So we've done several roadshows across different cities, Dubai, London, Toronto, Belgrade, um, Istanbul. Next year, we're expanding to Singapore, to Berlin, to Barcelona, um, in addition to all the ones I've just mentioned. So it's not just one yearly event, but a series of roadshow events running up to our main Malta conference. Um, uh, this year was our fourth time happening, um, but it was the most successful ones in terms of the number of deals done. I mean, I'm still receiving emails from startups who are telling me that they've been invested in by investors that they met um, at the conference. And I'm not saying this purely to, to promote what we're doing, but rather, I mean, this is what we take pride in. Um, uh, as a medtech well, and that's where we'd like to continue taking the, the brand, not just revolving around the conference brand, but around an emerging ecosystem, which is not charging exorbitant fees for startups to pitch at our events. Um, we're not charging exorbitant fees for people to attend our events. We're trying to help as many as we can, because we genuinely believe that every startup deserves to be funded so that they would at least have enough runway um, to be able to test their solutions, solve the problems that they want to solve and, and, and so on. Nice. And that's really good because uh, I was looking at what's on the sort of like schedule for next year now. And next year, it seems it's going to be in this will be about 3000 attendees there. There's also like platforms, as you say, for, for startups to go. And there's even like competitions for for startup companies. Uh, like, um, what does this competition sort of like uh, entail? Because I've got, you know, a few mates of mine who are working on a few startups in MedTech. And if they're listening right now and they're wondering, okay, there's a startup competition, like what are the prizes to be won for, for, for upcoming companies? Uh, we're trying not just to focus on people speaking on stage. So, I mean, when it comes to, <coughs> sorry, when it comes to content on of people speaking in panels, keynotes, you, you can find plenty on, on, on YouTube or wherever. So we're trying to nurture a good three-day environment technical, because even though the conference is on today, is on, on day zero, we have a CEO-only forum. Next year, we're coming up with an investors-only thing, um, a culture tour. So it's like a three-day um, whole whole thing. And we're trying to nurture a good experience for anyone joining. So um, be it through the startup pitching competition, as you were mentioning. And this year, we managed to um, have a good lineup of 10 startups, some of which had already done their human trials. So it's not like any prototype, not never 
being tested or whatever, but startups that have already been invested in and are looking to continue being invested in. Um, pitching on stage in front of a panel of judges made up um, of a well-known seasoned investors from, from Europe and uh, North America. Um, uh, and the thing is that everyone could apply to possibly pitch. Obviously, we couldn't have an everyone pitching, um, uh, but we're trying to come up with a, a very cool and innovative startup village on our exhibition floor. Because our conference, um, nice. when it comes to the whole conference, it's over two days, multiple stages running in parallel, as well as an exhibition floor. And last year we had around, I think, 55 or 60 different um, stands and exhibitors. But when it comes to the startups, anyone applying and, and getting a startup pass, um, apart from the fact that they're getting a chance to speak on stage or possibly pitch, we're also giving them um, uh, a, a startup kiosk on the startup village um, so that any investor, be it during the breaks or whenever, could tour the exhibition floor and get to to look at the startups, um, speak to them and uh, and take it on from, from there. Nice, nice. Now that sounds really good. And uh, for people listening right now, uh, I'll, I'll be putting the links uh, below uh, to all the, you know, to everything that we will be discussing on this episode, so that you can also see the. You can. It's easy for you to access and find the information, and you can see if it's something that you'd want to do. But um, I mean, uh, if, I, if I may, just just sorry, Rodney, um, last yeah. year I gave over yes. hundred thousand. Um, uh, the, the total price pot was over 100,000 euros, um, be it through free opportunities to participate at any of our conferences next year. Um, we had a recruitment package being offered um, by Lifeblood Capital and Talent from the US. So they were um, they're willing to help the startup um, uh, get a candidate for whatever position that they're looking at. So, and for next year, we're obviously looking to build even more, a bigger pot for um, uh, of prices. Nice. Uh, and like, and you, since you said 100,000 uh, euros there, that's the biggest uh, word I think most people will hear. Uh, this starts off because uh, I was speaking to my, to my friend actually, uh, earlier this, earlier this year, I did a, I did an episode with him and he said for their comp, for their startup, they'd uh, raised, uh, at least maybe a tenth or a tenth of that. And that was good enough for them. So for startups, I think everything, every amount makes a difference. And I think it's a, and I think, and also it's not just the startups here. I think it's also quite important for us also even look at the networking you get exactly. there because you got all these big, big guys there. You got mentors there. And when you on your business journey, sometimes people tend to say that it's, um, it's who, you know, sometimes not what you know as a person. So meaning that, you know, your own individual knowledge is limited. So if you, if you network with other people, if you speak to some, you know, some people who are going to be at the conference, uh, you might end up even getting a mentor because you mentioned a mentor as well, that also will help you with your business. You just might get some advice that might make a difference for you. So I think it's a really great opportunity. And, uh, the one for next year, it's going to be between the 6th and 8th of November in Malta. Yep. So for everyone out there, like I'd say, you know, just book those dates in your calendar and it's going to be really fascinating. And I, I, I definitely would, will be there. I'll try my best to be there. Um, uh, and I think it's going to be exciting, uh, to see all the people there. Uh, and, and, and it's also like at the right time of the year, it's in November, most of Europe will be colder. So it's a good time to go down, uh, to, 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 to Malta for that as well. Uh, just to give yourself a, a breather and, you know, meet more people and get that connections to, to, to get going. And, uh, and it's impressive really what has happened in three years, like how you've grown the company in three years, which, which, which makes me quite curious as to 
like what are your thoughts now you know like sort of like leading on to the future because i know you already mentioned that you want to be more than just a conference um a company but you're starting to look at other uh, at other possibilities in the future just in med in medtech alone or are you planning to expand to pharmaceuticals or what, what are your thoughts or what are your plans at least that you can say freely for us right i mean i don't think there's any secrets of it to be honest obviously we're looking to consolidate the conference brand not just in europe but possibly um uh, in the us and consolidate our our works and relationships and the uh, and the middle east as well because it's essentially um, a market that we've been working in for for the past two years um speaking of farm and other industries i don't think we really need to shy away from from tech too much when it comes to in the past couple of months and what we can possibly look at in, in the next couple of months there's been a lot of cross-pollination and collaboration between different um, uh, niches within the whole healthcare. So medtech and medical devices is one niche, pharma is another, digital health is another. But we've been seeing so many collaborations between all of these different um, factions within within healthcare. So I'd love to possibly, especially for next year, include a little more and greater representation from 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 these from 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 these sectors, be it pharma or, or whatever it is. Um, going back to your point to how we've managed to grow so so quickly in the past years, I remember when I stopped surgery, people were thinking I was going to kind of retire early. I was trying to find an easier lifestyle because I mean, surgery at one point we were working sixty to eighty hours a week, sometimes thirty-six hours straight at one go. Um, but I don't think I've actually um, had any retirements because I'm working the same, if not more. There's no fixed hours, so when it comes to me opening a laptop, looking at emails, LinkedIn, whatever, I'll, I do it all the time, be it ten, 10 past midnight or whatever. Um, and case in point, today is a public holiday here locally. Um, so if I was working, if I was still working in Sergi and I was off and, and I didn't have a duty, um, I could have been enjoying the, the weather outside or whatever. But I'm here. I love doing the podcast, but even beyond the podcast, I had, I had a full day scheduled with calls, emails, and so on. So it's like a normal working day for me. Um, so, <laughs> but that's the story of uh, entrepreneurship, I guess. Yes, there's no rest, and that's quite motivational actually to 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 hear that uh, as well. And uh, and besides the conference as well, like one thing I also wanted to mention was that, uh, um, like yes, it's, it's, I've seen like some of the stuff you guys are working on. I've even seen some of your like your podcast as well. You got a news outlet as well. Uh, so there's a lot of services uh, and uh, things on offer that uh, that you're working on and uh, growing the team and you know um sort of like bringing different expertise you know networking with people traveling working on public holidays like you have said today <laughs> uh is, is is probably a lot more hours than you know uh you would do uh, in like in any normal office environment or like in a surgeon because you can always book some days off and you know and then you can always come back. So, and, uh, and just one other thing as well that I wanted to just hear from you as well was, um, you know, uh, like, uh, how, like, what would you tell people out there who are thinking of, okay, they're probably, you know, stuck in their career, whether it's research, they've, you know, done their PhDs, you know, or, or they're so focused now in their careers, but they still feel this, um, desire to, to explore other, other avenues and, they, they're currently going through that pressure where people might be thinking a lot of things like, okay, you know, you're starting this, you know, you were doing, you spent five years of your life doing this. Now you want to try something else that's different. Like, how do you cope with that pressure? Because I'm sure this pressure comes from people who you're close to, your friends, family, 
and how how does one deal with that to still try to chase your your your, your desires and goals? I mean, life starts outside your your comfort zone, I guess. Um, so before I took the the plunge to stop surgery, it wasn't just an idea I had over a day. I mean, it was like years of me speaking to my parents, my partner, whoever, friends, um, and it got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. I just wanted to to take the plunge. Um, I've always been a risk taker, but I've taken calculated risks. Um, uh, so to anyone listening who's possibly thinking of doing the same or something similar. It's useless living a life you're not comfortable uh, living when um, you can get to choose what you want. I mean, I wake up every day motivated to work. Um, uh, At one point, even though I was loving surgery, saving patients and so on, there wasn't any thrill anymore. I thought I could do something, I wouldn't say better, something different, something on a more global scale. Um, uh, And... uh, Again, life starts outside of your comfort zone. And if there's another quote that I live by is that your biggest yes is a hundred no's away. So in the past like three years, I've had so many no's and rejections from companies, speakers, anyone looking to participate at my conference. That at one point it gets to a point like I can't continue to do I can't continue to, to continue to do this. Like I can't take another no, I can't take another rejection then. Funny enough, we're speaking about TikTok and, and social media platforms. I mean, I do waste a couple of times like on TikTok going through motivation videos or whatever there is. Um, and then I had actually seen this video or short reel, whatever. It's like your biggest yes is a hundred or a thousand, whatever knows away. And that really stuck with me. Uh, that really stuck with me. And um, I'm, I'm here, I guess. Now we'll see where, where, where we're going. Yes, and uh, that's really good. Uh, I'm, uh, I, you know, I actually took notes of that because one of the things that I do on this podcast, whenever I speak to someone and they say something that um, that that I think is very valuable, most of the things are valuable, but I also make my own notes. So I've got like a diary now with all the uh, guests I've brought here and I, everything they've said. I always take notes, I, you know, and uh, I hopefully some at some points uh, I'll keep applying all these things. And it just what when you're talking, it reminded me of what Elon Musk was saying. There's one um one interview where where you say that if you need uh, like a cheerleader or you know someone to cheer you on to 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 go and chase your dreams and be a venture um and going to cap into capitalism in the sense of starting a business you probably shouldn't start a business like because you, you have to it has to come from deep within you and that's what you said like you wake up in the morning you know this is what you want to do this is where your meaning is uh and uh and yeah and that gives you value and i think it's really fascinating what you've done i'm really happy and that's i'm also happy to be associated um like with you guys uh because like you started this in covid most people weren't even thinking about when they were able <laughs> to leave their houses and like you already had this idea of you know getting people back together running conferences and stuff so you started it in a time where essentially things were dark most people were losing their jobs there's nothing much really happening in terms of the world economy but you still had this uh desire which you've which you've done now and i'm happy that you know it's growing and uh, i'm happy to support and do whatever i can for my end as well with my you know my podcast my instagram my tiktok my youtube channel it's weird i've actually gotten really good at all of that even though i never studied any of this at university (laughs) because i did engineering as well so it's like a similar switch for me um uh, and i really enjoy this it's like media and stuff but it's nothing to do with what i what i actually started 
started. And uh, but I also get that. Uh, luckily, I have that background knowledge. Was also did biomedical engineering, so that helps me um, when I speak to different companies and I, I showcase their 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 products and stuff. And because of that, and because of um, because of you as well, I also said here on the podcast. Just to thank you as well, because like since I started working with you guys, I've also had other um, CEOs that have come uh, um, and given me new ideas for my own channel. So nice. uh, for people listening, uh, next year, uh, on, like on this podcast, it's going to move from just being a podcast, but I'm also going to start uh, reviewing medical products like on, on, on nice. the YouTube channel, so it's, it's, it, which is something which I would have never really would have done. But uh, but I know that I've, but with my technical knowledge, I'm capable of doing that. So it's one of the things that I'm also going to start doing looking cool. forward, maybe in April, March next year. Uh, yeah, we will also be reviewing some products here and, you know, keeping it growing. And uh, so, yeah, thank you very much, um, uh, Dylan. I'm, I'm really uh, honored to, to have you on the podcast today. And I'm sure people uh, learned a bit about the uh, conference. And uh, as I said, uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be recording a lot of stuff at the conference. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sharing a lot of the we'll, stuff on the we'll internet. Get you a, up to that. We'll get you a podcast booth at the booth so you can just <laughs> grab, grab the yeah, guests and, and interview them. Exactly, like on the spot, like five minute Great interviews, content. you know, just a few questions. Yeah, I mean, I already have the, I already have an extra microphone. I got, I already got two microphones. So when I have to do anything in person, I'm prepared. Um, but, uh, yeah, that should, that should be interesting. And even the road shows as well. Uh, if I get the chance to be, to attend any of those, I will, I'll also be putting that on the Instagram to, to build up, you know, um, um, the, to show what people, what, what are we doing there and stuff. So, yeah. So, so now thank you very much. Um, it's been a pleasure, very casual and passionate and, and honest conversation, to be honest. This is what I um, I love. So it's not like any recorded or, I mean, like pre-scripted conversation, very candid. Um, <laughs> good luck with what you're doing. I'm looking forward to, to hear this podcast again and, uh, and any of your future ones. Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, yeah, I always try to make this podcast different from what people would normally hear exactly. on BBC or something because right. this is not a BBC interview. Uh-huh. It's just like a normal conversation that we have and the no, audience man, yeah. basically has the privilege of listening on us. So, so yeah, uh, so yeah, thank you very much. Bye. Take care. Take care.